We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. Uh, so yeah, my low every day is a low. Uh, but the low at, at... I was gonna say that's a new low for you. <laughs> Dang it, Jeremy! That's why you're on TV. Um, <laughs> it, it's gonna be eight below zero. The actual temperature at our airport at around three a.m. Okay, eight below zero. Yeah, actual temp. What that's you... pretty good. I'm gonna I'm gonna say seven below. Oh, and, that's, and I think that's um, that. <sighs> That, it could be around like 5, 4, 5 a.m., maybe okay. 6 a.m. Okay. Wow, wow, wow. What a pantsing by Curtis on yep. Channel 7 Weather Smoke, Jeremy Ryder of the Greg Hill Show. And it actually reached 10 below officially, minus 10 at Logan. First double-digit negative since 1957. Wow. The, year, the year of Greg Hill's birth. Or somewhere thereabouts. Also... Breaks the most recent cold temperature of minus nine, set back in 2016. But, Curtis, got to give you your props. Great job. Yeah, you know, it's been a long struggle. You know, eight years at meteorological school <laughs> trying to understand our uh, our weather sitter, systems and patterns. But, you know, it's it's unfortunate that a guy that's a, a nice family man like Jeremy Reiner has to be embarrassed this way publicly. Well, but, and he even admitted on social media he's got to change his approach. Yeah, uh, it's... It was brutal, but it's going to be warm again tomorrow, right? Like in the 40s. So. Yeah, I'll be back to normal tomorrow. No problem. I mean, just get through today and, you know, chill out at home. Relax. Don't cancel school and we'll, we'll move on. But uh, so yesterday, you know, Drellick and Bradfoe have a rivalry that's stronger than Belichick and Brady. I mean, those two, it's like oil and water. Mm-hmm. And we had Bradford on at Winter Weekend, and he was bragging, boasting almost, about the limited book sales of Evan Drellick's book in comparison to <laughs> the Joe Kelly uh, novel that came out. Well, uh, unfortunately, I think that this is going to take a turn because there were excerpts in the Herald and in the Athletic, and the manner in which Alex Cora has been treated locally and nationally since the suspension has been basically with kid gloves as if nothing ever happened. And it's because Alex Cora, in my very limited appearance with him and what I've heard from him, is a very nice guy who seems to genuinely care about those around him. Joined us two weeks ago on Winter Weekend. Right. He was couldn't have been more polite, kind with his time, all that. Like I, He seems like a very nice person. Everybody that I know that has interacted with him on a regular basis sings his praises. So people that know him better than I, that I respect, like him. So I'm not talking about him as a person. As a manager in this sport, what he did and what he was bragging about doing is entirely counter to a fair or even playing field in any way on the biggest stage of the sport. And if he loves baseball as much as he, you know, appears to, then why would he be so boastful about so brazenly breaking the rules? It doesn't coincide with the persona I've been sort of led to believe. 
Well, so a couple things here. In terms of the excerpts that come out, what is the new reporting here that should be focused on? Because you're right, he's gotten a pass. I would I would mostly agree, although even myself, like when the when we first found out about this, I don't know if you recall, I was I mean, I was stunned. I I really to me it really put a uh, a damper on the 2018 World Series at the time. Was, when things first break and you find out the extent of the cheating, it was like, my God, this was what a fraud. He probably did this here in Boston, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, the Red Sox cheated. <laughs> but then as time goes by, we had more. Of course, Cora admitted to it, and he you know, he took the fall for it, and they let him go for a year and all that. I don't. I, I, Alex Cora is going to have to sit down and talk about this in a much more um, – long-winded and uh, long-form way. But which, because... which part of it? We know he cheated. He admitted the cheating. We know it was bad. So is the surprise that he was so brazenly he celebrating believes, about it? He believes they won the World Series because they cheated. Well, yes. Who doesn't believe that? He's never said that. Uh, well, he admitted the cheating. I mean, I, oh, oh, I well, That's a pretty big difference, Ken. So You're uh, walking around your clubhouse. Why Did Cora, did Cora say we would have won anyway? I don't remember him saying that. Ken, those are you're, you're playing semantics, my friend. He has never said we won the World Series because we cheated. And if I'm Major League Baseball, I'm sorry that if you're going to preclude people from going into Cooperstown because they cheated, you can't allow that that World Series to remain in good standing. You just can't. And if we we now are all very well enmeshed with sports betting, and. The notion that the Red Sox won a World Series the next year with a guy who was bragging to players about winning a World Series against the very Dodgers team he beat the year before, that next World Series calls into question the 2018 World Series for me. Well, that's what I said at the time. I mean, right when we found out about it, it was like, my God, and you look back at some of the unbelievable offensive numbers they had, especially with guys, personal stats with guys with runners in scoring position, and it was like, wow, they, I mean... Yes, they probably were still bending the rules then. Of course, well, but he's why, but, if, if, listen. No, just let's just work this through logically, okay? Without you know, I hate the new reporting. That's something that all local guys do to rebut reporting from other national people as a way to diminish what's actually real. That happens all the time. What's the new reporting? Read it yourself. Well, I ask, read it. I read it. Ask yourself these same we knew questions. All this. We knew all like, this. Okay, Ken. We were told, except for the drinking stories. Well, well, right. But we were told nothing to see here. Twenty eighteen World Series. Lou Merloni went on and on and on with OMF about how they didn't have the TVs. The timings didn't match up. None of this is there. Yesterday, Lou Merloni tweets, "Consider the source." I'm sorry, no. Well, here's what Lou says. Our Sox insider Lou Merloni. When you read a story about a scandal, always be skeptical about who comes out of it looking good. There's been one guy that has been given a pass since day one. After all, he wasn't happy they were doing it. Remember, he broke a TV. That's, of course, reference to okay, A.J. Okay, and I, I would say this. Whenever you're seeing reaction to a scandal, consider who somebody works for and what games they cover when reacting to it. Isn't that fair? Well, sure. but Okay, so, I mean, he's no more impartial than the person that was talking to Evan Drellick. Okay, fine, but you would admit, you know, this is one book, one source, Drellick. It seems to be slanted. Very, uh, Cora just looks bad. There's no doubt okay, about that. Okay, so they try to here's where I bad. stand today. Ken Laird, do you believe that the 2018 Red Sox cheated in any way to win the World Series over the Dodgers? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they probably did. They probably, okay. they probably tried some of the similar tactics of, of 17. 
in the quotes that you read in this book, if true, do they suggest any sign that Alex Cora was in any way embarrassed or would not try and reattempt what he did with the Astros in 2017 while as manager with the Red Sox? In 2018? Correct. Well, that was before the news came out, obviously, yeah. So at the time, he was... Uh, he of was, course, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Isn't it right. incredibly far-fetched to believe that Alex Cora, as bench coach, wins the World Series, is hired in 2018 by the Red Sox with no discussion of the cheating apparatus to use in 2017? Yeah, totally. They then play the same team they beat and cheated against in 2017 in the World Series in 2018, and people around here took his fact, nope, didn't happen. So, yes, this is a this story was brushed under the rug. It needs a very deep re-understanding and reassessment because the whole sort of linchpin of the future of the Red Sox is at Cora. He is the most beloved figure. He endeavors, but he is incredibly he's far more eloquent in English than I am in any other language including my own. And he's a great figure to put on the head of all the Red Sox news. He is the poster child of the Boston Red Sox right now. And this is someone that is in no way representative of what we see when we see this Alex score today. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think he's still a good manager, and, you know, I, I don't think he should be fired for this. Mostly, I think this was... How don't do you th- know he's a good manager? I don't think this was brushed under the rug, by the way, either. I think we talked about it for... So you think people around here believe the Red Sox cheated in the 2018 World Series? I think, yeah, they believe, yes, as the Yankees were with Beltron uh, coming from the Astros. So there were several teams who were doing this. Cora did it better, and most people say, ah, okay, Cora cheated. He admitted to it. He served his time. We're moving on. And he's a good manager. I mean, the notion that he's going around and just openly, (laughs) you can't say you love baseball and you care deeply about it, and then you're walking around bragging about how you cheated to win a World Series. Those are those are antithetical. Yeah. Well, I, look, I'd, I'd love to hear what uh, Red Sox fans think. 617-779-7937. If you've seen some of the excerpts of the Drellick book, I believe it's called Winning Fixes Everything. I think that's what the uh, title will be. That's correct. They had a book release party last night in New York for Evan. Uh, do you think there's major news here that shakes the foundation of the Red Sox or forces Cora to speak at length on this? I really think he'll address it day one of spring, and it'll pr- pretty much be pushed aside after that. I mean, I don't think... Do you think this sticks with them or, like, wrecks their spring any more than some of the other stuff has done? Wrecks their spring. No, I mean, uh, well, it's been an awful offseason for the Red Sox thus far. There's no and, doubt there, other than the Devers signing. And, you know, uh, it is, yeah, I, I think this is really, you know, the Boston Globe not having it in their sports page today. I mean, just don't cover the team, honestly. it's That is so beyond the pale of just pathetic journalistic integrity like anyway uh, this is a story about the most the most one of the two most important figures on the red sox he, he's and the one the, guy on that dais in springfield that was not booed he was correct beloved. and he is that team is not some random team it is the best red sox team of all time winning his team in the histories in the history of the franchise and you have the manager of that team the year before openly cheating to win a World Series, coming to the Red Sox, bragging about said cheating apparatus, beating the same team beat in 2017, and it's like, oh, yeah, remember 2018, great year. You know, suck on it, Yankees, let's go. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I, you can't – I know you want to say what's the new reporting. If you read those excerpts and your view of Alex Cora didn't change, then we're just different people. 
So, but I don't understand why it changed. You knew he was a cheater that year. He admitted to being a cheater. Okay. We knew we it probably stretched into 2018. We talked about that at the time. Probably stretched into 2018 was not what the – want to go back to the Major League Baseball findings of the cheating investigation? Wow, that was – yeah, of course. They tried to limit it to one year. But we didn't believe that at the time. We talked a lot about the 2018 Bill Belichick walks title. around anytime he's outside of the six New England states, and he is seen as the worst example of cheating in American sports history. People hate the guy. Oh, Spygate, man, man. <laughs> I mean, the Patriots stopped that in 2007, and they had another dynastic 15-year run. Okay? Right. Who's Alex Cora without the cheating? What has he ever done? Well, you we think- score 16 at Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Suck on it. I would agree he's got to prove himself, you know, post-cheating scandal. So do you feel like that before this story came out, there was real pressure on him to prove himself? Uh, not really, just because so of then, everybody around him. So then don't you think him. that shifts with the story, with I'll, the new reporting? I'll tell you one thing it may, it may do. Another deflection. Why is it a deflection? You've never don't, you think, don't you think there is new added pressure on Alex Cora proving that he can win without a massive I cheating apparatus? I just said yes. Could you let me move on? Yes. Uh, but I also think there was temptation for him to leave and blame High and Bloom or to want more power here, this may humble him a little bit. It actually may keep him around longer to prove himself here. You I know, mean, maybe. I, I guess, but what if they suck again and you realize they only won well, because the guy had a buzzer on him? I mean, <laughs> but, honestly. But you would, does anybody, by the way, does anybody dispute now the Altuve buzzer? I mean, my God. Well, no. Like, seeing the brazen nature of these guys. And, and uh, yes, for anybody out there who says, a lot of teams were doing it. Of course. But Alex Cora, as I said, you had the perfect point, Ken. In Springfield, there were only two people that everybody liked, Ken Laird and Alex Cora. <laughs> and that was... People love managers. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that, Ken. Well done. Um, and with Cora, this being revisited, I know there are certain entities that won't cover it, you have to be fair. You know, you, you have to – These th- this doesn't equate with the Cora we are fed by the organization. But to me, this goes right in with the Belichick and Brady stuff. It's like it was admitted, and they and we've moved on. In, no, in all we didn't cases. move on with Belichick and Brady until they won after. Yeah. Well, yep. in Brady's case, he won right after, so that was pretty easy. Okay, but because it was really, you know, no big deal. But nonetheless – the Belichick thing, of course, that was a story every time the Patriots lost. Oh, hasn't won since Spygate. Oh, well, yeah, Marshall Falk still hasn't let it go. No, I know. So, I mean, it, that was in 2007, and until Super Bowl Forty Nine, it wasn't done. <laughs> let me ask impartial Nick LePan, our producer, does this change anything for you, the Drellick book, in terms of how you feel about Cora? Is it a big deal? Not really. See, I think that's the I don't answer. think he's cheating now. Well, right. But, uh, Nick, are you a Red Sox fan? I am, yes. Okay, that I mean, that's not that's not the the question is people that are Red Sox fans just like people that like Penn State defended Joe Paterno. Oh, I mean, no, but like if you're a fan of a team, you will always look for reasons to look beyond things as long as you think the person is the best man to lead your roster. I I think it's pretty much the case across cities and across sports fans, right? You can tolerate a certain amount of cheating and justify it for your teams. It just it's just what happens. It also right. didn't happen here. It did. It, well, it did or it did, but not to the same extent. How do you know? The commissioner uh, squashed that like uh, Goodell squashed those Spygate right. tapes. It was like how Manfred said that Ortiz never used steroids. We caught him in 2017. We put a stop to that. It didn't I happen mean, in 18. There were I mean, is, is there, four is there games in the playoffs instead of three or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. They played a team 
That was the same one as they knew the signs of the year before, thanks to a cheating apparatus that had not been caught yet. And you think it wasn't utilized? Yeah, well, no no trash cans, though. They put a stop to that trash right. can. Right. All right, 617. Carol with the Apple Watch is basically the same thing. Yeah, he was ahead of his time. We should have given Farrell more credit at the time. I agree. Not get a lobster. 617-779-7937, the Ken and Curtis show. Coming up at 11, Curtis has assembled his top Brady moments. Correct? On-field moments, not off-field misbehaviors. Well, my favorite off-field moment we'll get to right now was when he was driving, he was being driven on a golf cart to the Roger Goodell MVP breakfast uh, press conference the morning after Super Bowl 51. That was pretty cool. Very good. But you got on-field moments yes. at 11. And we have an excerpt from Fitzy, one of Fitzy's great moments in the Brady interview uh, lore, where he, he asked Brady himself on the Greg Hill Show what his best fa- his favorite throws were. That, that was an awesome job by Fitzy in the moment. We'll do that at 11 as well. For now, here's what's uh, trending with Nick LePan, including great effort from Pasta last night at the Skills Challenge. Curtis, you were there for it in Jupiter. I got to say, I, the, 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 I love a good wrister. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Ken and Curtis on WEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. It is your Ken and Curtis show on WEI. Saturday is from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. The great Christian Arcan 1 to 4 today. Bradfoe show follows us. I'm sure Bradfoe will be hammering down on the Drellick book in one way or another, Curtis. As you say, he might be nervous because the uh, Joe Kelly book was doing well. Will Drellick pass him in the book sales? Uh, I don't know, but uh, a texter during the break had a good point. Do you think that this will cause the Red Sox to rethink doubling down and rehiring Cora? That they have sort of now, you know, the the findings are released, the Cora misses the shortened year because of the pandemic, comes back a year later, and Bob's your uncle. I, maybe if there's like behind the scenes stuff that he's doing or beha- his behavior, what what really is striking about the Drellick book excerpts are, are his behavior, like erratic behavior, allegations, or I mean, just flat out, I forget allegations, just admissions, if you want to call it that, that he was drunk on all these flights and stuff. So did Drellick intimate that somebody had mentioned the, the drinking element at some point? I don't remember off the top of my head, but I know it was a storyline in the last eighteen months. Where somebody had brought up the drinking in Houston, maybe it was Je- was it Blum? Was that the TV reporter? Yeah, Jeff Blum. That's the guy who got almost got into a fight with in this right. excerpt. And you know, <laughs> here's 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 part of the excerpt. Mass Live has this. Colleagues or Hinch told Drellick they f- uh, quote felt the trouble started the first month of the season, even back in spring training, and an altercation on August 31st wasn't the first time they had actually had that kind of altercation. Drellick wrote, in Cora's short time in Houston, he had shown that he could be erratic or simply immature. The book mentions Cora drinking on the night of his altercation with Blum and Hinch. According to someone who traveled with the Astros, according to the book, quote, Cora really likes to drink. Any road trip I was on with him or plane flight I was on with him, he was drinking a lot. He and Craig Bjornson CB were basically wasted on every single flight, so much so that Cora would turn into the equivalent of, like, the scary homeless person 
that's talking to themselves, doing the drunken Tai Chi in the place, and you're like, oh, my God, what's wrong with that guy? Like, Cora would get drunk on that level on basically every flight, end quote. I mean, that is character assault there from whoever is saying that to Drellick. I mean, so much stuff. I'm not saying it's not true, but we have you heard that in his time with the Red Sox? None of that's coming out. Right, but the, the per... Of course, but here's the situation. Books are written by people who have others telling about vendettas. There's not a book about how, you know, I like Ken. We've known each other six years. We bicker occasionally, but, you know, he's got a great family. He's a good man. Like, that's not a book. (laughs) If these walls could talk, W-E-I? Right. You know, it would be a lot about Greg and Harumphing. But it was, in general, that's not what sells. So, yes... Just like, but you have you know, to view this book in that light for sure. As Lou is intimating, this is coming from a place of okay. You know, did people who ratted on Clinton or Trump have a vendetta? Of course they did. Right. But the the the, the purpose of this is don't be in a position where that vendetta can derail who you are. Yeah. And so, uh, obviously, somebody who would tolerate a phone call from Drellick to begin with <laughs> ob- must have an axe to grind. And so I get that. But that's not the story. This is what we do locally. We rip the people telling what they say instead of ripping the people they're saying it about. Mm -hmm. And so if we just being consistent, Ken Laird, if this were a story about someone who had a bad experience with Tom Brady, and speaking for myself, if this were somebody who spoke about having a bad experience with Bill Belichick, I would be going with it, using it to to substantiate an argument. And so I can't then just because of a relationship with the team or because I seem to like the guy or I don't have anything personal with him, ignore it and rip the source. Because there is so much, um, what's it called, evidence that you don't have actual evidence for. Circumstantial evidence regarding the 2018 Red Sox being insanely great with a guy who finally gets his first managerial gig, who takes the team to win a World Series, who was clearly erratic with his behavior and was not at all shame had no shame about what had been done the year before against the identical team in the World Series. Right. And I just from my perspective, I only listen to this every day. It's only my job where I work every day hearing people talk about the teams. I do not hear the 2018 Red Sox talked about in any way as a cheater in this area ever. Well, we did talk about it. On, we on I'm the saying today. Show. Today like we still talk about the Spygate is still a part of the epitaph of Bill Belichick. It's still, uh, you know, something they overcame. Deflategate, still a part of Tom Brady. The, the, there is so much more evidence of clear sort of uh, on-field gain from the apparatus that was developed in Houston by Alex Cora against the same team in 2018. And what this book does is it resurfaces the story, and paints Cora in a much different light than we have seen here. That's what it does. Well, only in 2017. It doesn't really mention 2018, not that I've seen. Okay. Which I'm, what I'm not saying didn't carry over, but... 2018, the person who told us he felt awful and was, you know, it was a not representative of who he was and fell on the sword with the ruling. That person in 2018 was walking around and bragging, according to this book, about cheating to win a World Series. Right. Without being caught yet. So, if it was like, holy cow, all right, I got out of that, I got a championship, now I have a dream job, I'm going to be on the straight and narrow, That this story doesn't resurface. But the manner in which the book paints his discussion of said cheating scandal proves further to me of his willingness 
to continue it in Boston. So does does it affect your view of him now to the point where if you if you were managing if you were a Red Sox executive, you would react to this book like, wow, we've got to consider making a change here or something like that. It, it, it strikes me as nobody within the organization really wanting to know that they had a great year, they had a great young manager, and they wanted to... And they saw life sure, with Ron Renneke. Right. They, they hired Weekend at Bernie's, <laughs> and it was time for them to sort of try and rehabilitate. They were, the Red Sox were far more interested in rehabilitating Cora than understanding the depths of what he did. If they do, if, if any part of them wants to get away from Cora, this helps. After the year, oh, this is this is the first year. good day for Heim Bloom in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Take some of the pressure off me. I mean, last year this guy's saying he should be GM. Yeah, I well, mean, <laughs> again, I, I still think he's a good manager. I, I how? Know. I mean, you think that's true? I mean, I don't know. Do you I know? Just, I just watch him nightly, and I, I like him. I like his style. He he sucked me in. I, I'm a believer, despite okay. the cheating, which is obvious in 2017, and yes, most likely in 2018. So the two crowning achievements of his career are entirely tainted. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> so then, what is he? I mean, I've come to look past Spygate and Deflategate is you but, know mostly but, insignificant. But you only for the for the second time, Kenneth. You did that after they won consistently again. Right. True. And the Red Sox have not won consistently again. Big year for them. Big offseason for the Pats. Big year for the Red Sox. For I Cora think the and leash Bloom. is much short, much shorter for Cora today than it was before the book came out. But Bloom seems, as you mentioned him, like he seems like this is the year he's got to deliver. You know. So, uh, just to continue a really rough week to go on the field, did you see Keith Law's ranking of the prospects? <laughs> yeah, of course. Jones gave him a D minus. 23rd in baseball. Also, Bayo, who you love, rightfully so, baby Pedro is what you call him. Yeah. You said better than Pedro, I remember. Well, they, see, these guys are already up, so that taints, okay. the, that taints the form system. But guess what? Bayo isn't even his guy. That's fine. <laughs> it's not even Whitlock's his form his guy. system. Well, Whitlock Great, got well, injured. Five He'll be in the rotation this year. Big but, rotation year for Whitlock. But, Ken, what evidence do we have that Haim is any good at any of this? Um, well, What, rebuilding? Drafting? Marcelo right. Mayer. I mean, and, and if you were to ask Red Sox fans, and I know it's not, you know, whatever, but Dombrowski did a pretty good job, right? I mean, I guess if they t- they cheated the whole way, who knows? <laughs> I, know, this, this I guess not this the is time all, to, like, not the time Might as well just watch the Tour de France now. I mean, my <laughs> God. Oh, uh, God. Also, uh, you know, this the whole week, we mentioned the Kyrie Irving thing. Uh, just to hit on that quickly. <sighs> and you're saying how Wiggy's going to spin this. I don't know how you can. I mean, my God, this guy, he is in rarefied air. I don't know of any other athlete that would even compare to the sort of just... That's what I was going to ask. Like, is there anybody else that you, like, see a headline and you're like, I can't believe this guy did it again? Or he's, like... It just gets worse and worse. So Alex Rodriguez is one in that he just was so narcissistic and so unaware at how awful he always came across that he always tried, like, the the sort of rebirth of Aaron uh, Alex Rodriguez has always hit me wrong. Aaron Rodgers is another guy who's got a lot of Kyrie in him where he's just, like, just obtuse and a douche, and it's all about his achievement over the team. But he's been with the Packers his whole career. Right. He waited behind Favre. Alex Rodriguez was a, a you know a dink, but he cheated with steroids like everybody else did. The the Kyrie of going and leaving other superstars <laughs> at free random and just lying to everybody. And my favorite, honestly, but 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 hold on there. Like 
This is a day after he played the Celtics. They got embarrassed. He was like a minus 31 and plus minus. But then said after in the press conference that he believes in the Nets. Like he sat up there and was like, yeah, we played horribly tonight, but I still believe in us. A day later, he's demanding a trade within the next week. It's just like, how can anybody possibly take a chance on this guy, even in a limited form? Right. And you know what this also brings me back to? And it was one of the most pathetic weeks in our national sports media landscape of my lifetime when Kyrie finally had to come back to Boston, face the Celtics after he had promised to retire a Celtic. And you guys out of the blue. I plan on resigning here next oh, year. Well, that's even before that. Unbelievable. But, no, that was before that. Then he gets he had to return to Boston with the Nets. And out of thin air, just throws a bomb out there about Boston being racist. Right. Because he had no desire, whatever, to answer a single question about his own actions where he had said he wanted to remain a Celtic and didn't, and he had no ability to face the music or have any accountability for his behavior. Then stomped on Lucky. Lucky and, curse still but following that, him. But that weekend, do you remember nationally how people bought it and they were just going back over the greatest hits of <laughs> Boston's races, Bill Russell, the bus, like all doing the bidding for this scumbag. And it's like, you know what? Finally and at last, I think he's out of boogeymen. Like, he might go to the Lakers. Who knows? But it's just... This is who he is. There's no defending it. He's just a total and complete self self absorbed a hole. But the <laughs> Jones and Mega were asking this question, and it's probably true. Part of Tatum and Brown, do they want him back? They still love the guy. Yeah, they I, still I, dab him up after every game. I would take Kelly Olynyk over Kyrie. Let's go to uh, the phones here on the Kenny Curtis Show. Let's go to Russ in Connecticut. Hi, Russ. Good morning, man. What's going on? Hey, uh, with regard to uh, that article written by Drellick, yep, the book. I don't have any. I don't have the book. I'm just talking about the man Drellick. I have no use for him. I love Cora. I think he's a great coach, and um, I'm wishing him the best. And I hope this blows over. It, the release of that book, is. Uh, you know, uh, in, in, if you're looking at what went on yesterday, the beginning of spring training, the whole thing with the buses, his release is ironic. I have another question for um, both uh, you and um, Curtis. Uh, I don't understand the point. Curtis. Good. Okay. You and Curtis. Okay. Yep. Did you... Did either of you see the article and uh, the commentary on Pete Rose and the fact that MLB is now allowing uh, betting uh, in the parks? Does that change Pete Rose's, uh, you know, ability maybe to get into the Hall of Fame? I don't know if you saw the article. I did not uh, see that article. We talked about that a little bit last week, Russ. Thanks for the call. Just about how, <laughs> you know, with sports betting taking off in mass and of all the people that are overlooked or should get a second crack at the Hall of Fame, yeah, he's one. But anyway, back to the original point, Cora. Uh, he's casting, you know, he doesn't like Drellick, which, you know, we worked with Drellick. Yeah, I got to tell you, not a big fan myself, but <laughs> good story. I mean, good, yeah, hey, that's good for him. I'm sure he's going to sell some books. I mean, I thought Evan's always been a smart guy. I mean, he's been a, you know, a little aloof, but a smart guy. Yeah. 
Right, I so mean, it's it, this. I, I don't care about the the. It's you know you are protecting someone or something when you attack what the person you attack the person instead of what they say, and it's human nature. And I get it. I know Lou and and Alex Core are good friends, and I. I appreciate that Lou is a stand-up guy, and he's you know defending a guy that he knows to be different than he's being portrayed in this book. Totally get it. But to say that the person has a vendetta, then literally there would never be any book ever written negatively about anyone. Because the person that raises the issue about a person's behavior in a questionable way has a vendetta in order to get it out. That's how everything is ever discussed or written. Otherwise, there would never be any dirty laundry aired in public. Well, true, but then you also have to call out that it's a vendetta for what it is. That you know, this could be just AJ Hinch unloading on Core to make him look worse. Right. I think it's great that people know that I think Tom Brady is the greatest athlete of all time, <laughs> and that I come from a, a, a perspective of defending Tom, and you come from a different perspective. That's why I think people on the news shouldn't have to hide their election, who, who they vote for, and who they are, because it shapes what they say, and it's more transparent. I don't think that's wrong. I just think it's honest. Speaking of Brady, we'll get your uh, top five on-field moments at 11. We were asking, of course, to start the show about his retirement as a Patriot, whether that's important to you or not. Uh, in terms of Brady being gone now, Brady gone, Manning gone, Breeze out, Big Ben, your hero out, Eli Manning gone. A lot of big-name quarterbacks have left. State of the current NFL QBs, as good as it was, better, not as good. It will, For this show, my God, we talk about Brady every segment of the show since the show launched. This right. is going to be an adjustment for you and I, Curtis. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I say we just replay some Brady shows the next couple weeks. but um, Like, is Mahomes, Allen, Burrow enough to carry the league for several years as good as as good as we had it? Yeah, I, the NFL is desirous of a Mahomes win on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And By the way, correctly de- foreshadowed by me that the officials would do everything in their power to get a Kansas City win. I, mean, I, I, thought, pick the- I brought that up, no, but okay. Well. You, you did it. All thank the good you. ideas I have come from you, so thank you. Thank you. Uh, but, of course, that we haven't had a chance to talk since that game, by the way. That was appalling. <laughs> and I, I know Mahomes is great. This is not to say that Mahomes isn't great. He is maybe the most talented player ever at that position. Yep. And he seems like a really good dude off the – like nothing against him at all. His family, eh, but Mahomes, great. But the – the amount of first down spots that were taken away in real time. The Bengals had two or three plays where you see the guy extend the, you know, it's like a first down by half a yard. Oh, they were totally screwed. And third and one. And then there was a, a late hit on the running back for the Bengals that mirrored that of Mahomes. And I'm sorry, I know they called it. I know the story was Osai or whatever the guy's last name, whatever. Yep. yep. You don't call that in that. Spot. No, you have to call that one. You don't. That one I agree with Wiggy. You got to call that. That's no. an obvious flag. No. You say, okay, let's have overtime decide this. We're not deciding this by a random hit out of bounds where no, the quarterback's no, perfectly No, that, that was classic bungles being bungles and blowing it at the moment. But up until then, you're right. The Chiefs have gotten totally every call and every spot possible. Do you think possible. the rigged thing sticks if the Chiefs get the calls again because of the, yep. you know, the, oh, yeah. the, the commentary from Taylor on now the sideline? Now that it's the Eagles, now that the Eagles are involved. Oh, you'll have a, is that, who's that senator? Uh, Hatch? <laughs> I think he passed away. The, oh, the, man. Well, maybe his kid can do it, but we'll have an investigation into that. Or who are you rooting for? <sighs> I guess the Chiefs. I mean, <sighs> I, I honestly, although, you know, if you're a Belichick fan, Reed is getting, Reed has 250 wins. These two together could both catch Belichick and Brady. 
It's, it's possible. It is. Po- well, maybe not Brady. Delicately, but maybe I don't know Brady. how long Reed will be doing this. All right. Well, I want to talk a little about Mahomes next, and then we'll get back to Brady. Top of the hour. It's the Ken and Curtis right. show. We're right back to it. Ken and Curtis. W E I. W E I. Yeah, there you go, Nick. While we were young, uh, the young quarterbacks reign in the NFL now. Brady is gone. Forty-five, he made it, Curtis. You got to be happy about that. Lived up to his uh, his lifelong dream, and in many ways, the end of his legacy. Part of the reason, I guess, he may, he may not be uh, ever duplicated for this was driven by the TB12 Guerrero push to forty-five. He was so obsessed with that number. How many more athletes ever will just have it in them that that's like? Part of their ethos, part of their whole brand. Tom Brady was better after forty than he was in his twenties. Yeah. Statistically. That is never going to be replicated. Mm-hmm. And what I think the um Nick Wright, out of all the people who, you know, has been a very vocal anti Patriot guy because of his Chiefs fandom, I thought was really eloquent this week talking about Brady in that true greatness from his perspective, is when you change the standard for your field of work. And what Brady did was he made guys like Aaron Rodgers, who prior to Brady's career would have been viewed as a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, who had won a Super Bowl, four MVPs. I mean, the way we viewed Favre growing up was, you know, kind of a, a, an idiot, but a gunslinger who won, <laughs> yeah. who had a lot of off-field issues that overcame a bunch and, you know, was a great, you know, all-American guy. Now, because of Brady, Aaron Rodgers is a failure. I say he's the most biggest underachiever in the history of sports. Well, wait till he goes to the Jets this year and rec- uh, redeems himself for that. Right, but like that's what Brady did. You know, the, as, as Wright put it, the first part of his career, he was Troy Aikman. Three Super Bowl wins, you know, two MVPs, divisions, all that. Back then, back. yep. Ten years in a row where they didn't win his playoff game, win a Super Bowl, he was Dan Marino. And then in the final phase of his career, he won four and he was Montana. And those three, I mean, that's all one career. Three of the greats I grew up idolizing all were done by Brady at different ages. And the standard that has now been set that is being chased by Patrick Mahomes is something that will carry the NFL for a very long time because it's my guess it's never achieved. I think Mahomes, if I had to set the over-under, I'd set it at three, and I'd probably take the under. And maybe you got to set it like three four. and a half. So you'd maybe set three it. and a half. Yeah, I'd take three. I bet you he ends up with three Super Bowls. And which, that, which only, what, four guys have done. Correct. So it, And it's looked at now. I mean, think about Elway, right? He won two. And he was the best player in the NFL for a long time, was the Peyton Manning before Peyton Manning, the number one pick, guy yep. that chose his destination. Yep. Yep. And he was carried to the wedding by Terrell Davis. And he was still considered the greatest of all time for a lot of my – there were different factions of different groups. Now Elway's an afterthought. Two and three in the Super Bowl? <laughs> Awful. So, you know? if, so if Mahomes wins this uh, next week and gets two, is he already top five status? So I heard Jones and Mego discussing this. If he gets two, I would uh, top five. Let me. Oh, what's the top five? I'd probably go. I mean, Brady yeah, and Montana. Your top five? Brady and Montana. Yep. In some order. Uh, 
You know, is he ahead of Peyton Manning? Peyton, Peyton, right? He ties Peyton with two. That's the big question. Right. I don't think he's ahead of Peyton considering all of the regular season success. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, he, he'd I, need a third, and then if he gets the third, he is. Right. If he's third, I, I would say if he gets the other thing though, what Rodgers and Peyton Manning have done is they've sort of de- sort of demeaned the importance of the regular season MVP. That's another sort of standard shift where. Great regular seasons don't mean a whole lot anymore. You have to win in the Super Bowl because more teams get there. And the you know if, if you have three Super Bowls versus four, but you have five MVPs, the other two, then, yeah, you're better. But if it's two or three versus seven, then, you know, what are we doing here? Yeah. I and guess- you can't say that. The other thing about Patrick Mahomes, which should be more of a conversation – he has one of the top two or three offensive minds in the history of the sport as his coach. Ooh, you love Andy Reid? N- no, I don't love. I don't love the person. <laughs> I mean, his home was nah, a debacle. But it is the Reid Bowl now. You got to get ready for that this week. Oh God, I, I, I'm more into the Kelsey Bowl than I'm in the Reid Bowl. I don't think Reid gets the Burrito Bowl, but um, <laughs> I, 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 you can't discount that, and that's something that is almost always synonymous with Tom that he had the greatest coach of all time, even though it wasn't on the same side of the ball. So this is year six for Mahomes, right? He was drafted in 2017. Barely played that year, so really, I mean, it's only his fifth but, season playing. But, but two- do yourself a favor and look at Alex Smith's numbers with the Chiefs in 2017. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, this isn't like, you know, the Patriots winning out of nowhere. The Chiefs were a playoff team. Donovan McNabb got to the Super Bowl with the Andy Reid offense. Alex Smith was a division winner, and I think he won a playoff game or two. He came to Foxborough to play Brady one year with Andy Reid. And so it, the offense is great. Mahomes is otherworldly. Yeah. But it, there is a lot that benefits Mahomes in the same way that Belichick bre- benefited Brady. Including the refs, which, as we discussed going into the, going into the break, they got a little push past the Bengals. But, uh, you know, I, didn't, I did not think Mahomes would win on that ankle. It was a factor, but not as big of a factor nearly as I thought it would be. I was dead wrong. I think you did pick the Chiefs last week. I, I did. So good for you. You're just on a roll. You pick everything right. I did, yeah. And uh, the show's going to end at one, so. Uh, but I, I have no idea the Super Bowl. I, I really, I want to bet on the Chiefs if I can. Maybe I'll get to a, a local spot. But I, I can't. I, I really, I have literally gone back and forth thirty times since the mat- matchup was set because I so desperately want Mahomes to lose just because it's fun to rip Mahomes and it solidifies Brady and, and all that. But there is an element of Mahomes winning too that reignites a little bit of the conversation about Brady that gets me all riled up, which is good for business. Well, and if, if Hertz wins, this is back to another Jones nitpick of the week. He, you're back on Bill for not for passing on him in the 2020 draft. Yeah, I don't think Jalen Hurts is the story here. Uh, just like I don't think Tua was the story with the Dolphins. He's not, but he put himself in that conversation with Allen and Burrow if he wins, right? That well, he like, looked awful in the NFC title game. I he mean, did. Awful. Right. Depends and, how he plays. And the I, you know what the storyline I really like is the Sirianni lucky to be there. Who's the guy nationally that's been saying there's been he's been getting some blowback because the Eagles, if they win, it's Howie Roseman and the GM and, and the what they did to build that roster. And it is an excellent team with, you know, pretty much no weak spots. If the Chiefs win, it's Mahomes and it's Reed, you know, continuing their path towards something. But I don't think the story is Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. All right, we'll talk about Brady's top moments on the field. You've put together your top five. Also, uh, the Karen Garrigian uh, note about Gerard Mayo not getting a new title is pretty oh interesting God. as well. I think we need to address that as to what it means for the Patriots staff going forward who were busy at the Shrine Bowl this week. The Kenneth Curtis Show here on EEI.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 